DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone, and it's time for our weekly visit with BYU receiver Samson Nakua. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Samson, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? We're doing all right. So, we always hear the players bounce back from this faster than the adults, you know, the coaches or the ADs, administration, whoever. Feel like you bounced back from Saturday? Is it still dragging you down? Does something happen later today that gets you to bounce back? Nah, I, I feel like as soon as that game is over, you know, I let out my emotions, and uh, as soon as I left that locker room, I was ready to move on to Texas, and I'm ready for Baylor. From my perspective, watching that game, you boil it down to the turnovers. I don't know if you would have won without them, but I think that that was the reason, the primary reason, anyway as to why you didn't win. How did you see it? Oh, uh, I think it's uh, 100% the turnovers that we had and uh, even some of the false starts that cost us, um, maybe jumping off sides cost us a bit too. It was, the coaches talked to us about it before the game that would cost us uh, if we couldn't take care of the ball and uh, if we weren't able to do the little details that Boise State was a fundamentally sound team and that they would uh, take advantage of those things that if we couldn't, uh, just six little details, and they did, and uh, it cost us. So, do they come from the same place? Is there a lack of, I don't know, focus? I don't know what the word is, but is it something like that, and that's what leads to the penalties and the turnovers? Are they tied together? Um, I don't know if it was a lack of focus. Um, I felt like uh, throughout that past week, that was one of our best weeks of practices uh, of the year, honestly. Uh, um, Everyone was walked in throughout the week, um, picking up on those little details. And then, uh, I don't know, it just came game time. And uh, I think we just um, got a little too loose and too little lackadaisical and uh, didn't bring enough energy to the field. And uh, it just showed when we came out there and uh, that we just weren't ready, that we weren't locked in fully. Did you find at 5-0, and zero, ranked 10th in the country, that this was a huge game for Boise State? You could see it. In their celebrations afterward, they're extremely happy to knock off a top 10 team. Is that something maybe you weren't aware of that, not that necessarily Boise can make its season by beating you, but clearly it meant a lot? Yeah, we knew what they wanted to do and come in and do. And, uh, shoot, we wanted to definitely prevent that, but, um, it just seemed that they came out with more energy and came out with a little more. Uh, focus and we did and uh, it seems like we really just kept shooting ourselves in the foot um, they only beat us what by nine it was and uh, we had almost around six turnovers um, so if we were able to keep it uh, under control and uh, you know pick it up on our end I think we could have definitely gave them a run for their money but it just came out the smarter and more uh, disciplined team you know, actually, those first seven or eight minutes, you, you came out okay. You start with a field goal, they fumble, you get you individually get that touchdown catch, which was a pretty play, and it's 10 nothing. Anything happen after that to lose the edge? Because as starts go, that was awfully good. Yeah, the, the first two drives for us, we were marching down the field on them, um, doing as we pleased, throwing it down the field, running the ball. Uh, it's hard to say. We got to watch more film. Um, I was able to watch some film, but um, I think got to watch a little more to see what was a big turning point for us and uh, what caused us to lose our focus and our edge throughout that game. When did you know Jaron Hall was going to start? <laughs> right before the game, too. Right, like everyone else, I had no clue until right before the game. 
So how did he look in practice on, like, say, Wednesday and Thursday? Were you looking at it thinking, oh, he doesn't throw the ball well enough, no way this is happening? Um, the crazy thing is, honestly, I always have when, you know, I love all three quarterbacks, you know, most of the time through practices, I'm so focused on the little details at receiver and uh, trying to focus on my assignment that uh, I'm not really 100% paying attention to who's throwing the rock to me. So um, I think I got to see Jaron a little bit Thursday, and he was looking good. Um, he was throwing dimes, throwing in the deep ball, throwing him perfect. Um, and, um, I mean, he came out and did his job. You know, we didn't get the W, but he did really good. I thought, you know, there was some little details. He might have missed, but that was with everybody that we uh, that we missed on. This this is your first season at BYU. Personally, is it weird for you not to have a conference to play in? Um, it's a little weird. It, it is a little weird, but it's fun. Honestly, yeah, getting to make your own schedule, um, going to choose the teams that we really want, the competition that we want, and showing that and with that. You know, we make our schedule and. Uh, that we can hang with anyone. We believe we can hang in it with anyone, and that's why we make our schedule the way we do. So it's going to be weird going against a team that, I mean, literally you guys know everything about each other's offenses. I mean, Grimes goes to Baylor. I, I don't know what he and A-Rod could possibly not know about each other at this point. They've been, mm-hmm. in, they've been in the same room talking football too many times. Same games, same practices, same film sessions. Yeah, it's going to be, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a, a great offensive shootout, and then, uh, you know, it's just gonna who, who's gonna have the least amount of mistakes, and then uh, who's gonna be able to take uh, um, stop the other offense. It's gonna be fun. You don't really have a choice in this matter, so it's sort of a silly question in that regard. Because I could say, well, after a tough loss, would you rather play a team that is not uh, of a renown in a power conference like Baylor? Uh, not that you can choose it, but. Does it help maybe get the motivation back and the attention and focus going on the road and playing a pretty good team from Big 12? Um, I think so. I, um, shoot, we don't want to shy away from anything, even if we take a loss. Uh, we want we want the best competition. We want to go against the best of the best. Um, we don't want anyone looking down on us, saying that we're playing you know, some D2 score or anything. We want every game we want to be a top power, uh, power five school. So... Uh, it's going to be uh, fun coming in today to practice and uh, uh, getting ready for Baylor. Is there any difference in the way, and you're the best person really to answer this because you've been on the inside of both programs, is there any difference in the way that uh, Kyle and Kalani coach turnovers, or do you get the exact same mantra from them when you do turn it over, when you don't turn it over, they're just relentlessly similar? Um, they're pretty more similar. I think um, Kalani, Coach Kalani is definitely a bit more relaxed than Coach Witt is, is um, not relaxed, but he's you know more. Uh, I don't know, more forgiving. Uh, um, uh, definitely, our program is all about based on loving and learning. Um, he definitely gives us a you know a, a quick talk about our turnover and stuff, but definitely he tries us uh, tries to let us forget about it and move on and. Uh, try to pick up um, on our own mistakes and uh, correct it ourselves. It's a day game, so you had some time afterward. After a loss, after a win, does it make any difference what you do as far as hanging out Saturday night? Um, not really, especially for this season. Um, I definitely made a choice of coming back home to be with family. So um, I, definitely after every game so far, I've been back home with mom and grandma and just spending time with them. Um, 
even after this loss, you know, the biggest thing was to go home and see mom and make sure she's okay and make sure she enjoyed the game and uh, had a little fun and, you know, just spending time with family. So that's what I've been doing after the games and uh, it hasn't changed for me yet. Do you watch football when you get home? And did you watch, you know, which game if you do watch football? Oh, yeah, a little bit. My mom uh, watched our game, and then when I got home, uh, I brought her some uh, canes, and then she threw on the Utah-USC game. So I got to cheer on my old team for a band, watch them ball out, and uh, kick USC's butt. So that was fun. Yeah, Cam Rising looked really good. You've been in the program for a couple years when he was there. Did you see this coming? Oh, yeah. I I was just waiting for them to give his opportunity. Uh, He definitely had it the year before I left, uh, but he got – major injury and uh, to see him come back right now and start leading this team is uh, it's honestly really cool to see how far he's come along and see how far um, the Utah Utes has come along this year honestly You're halfway through the season what do you want different in the uh, second half of the season than you had in the uh, first six down six to go that kind of thing Man I love our running backs to death they're unbelievable the best running back duo in the the country, I believe, but uh, I think we still got the best receiving core out in the country, and we still have haven't got to use us to you know to full advantage. And uh, I'd love to see more air raid, but whatever Coach A Rod calls, you know, we're down for. We're down to rock with him, whatever he calls. Well, Samson, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us, and we're all looking forward to that Baylor game Saturday. Yes, sir. You guys have a good morning. All right, there is Samson Nakua, BYU and Baylor coming up to kick off the second half of the season Saturday at 1.30. Back-to-back day games, PK. Man, it turns out when you win and get ranked, stuff starts happening, huh? Well, yeah, because otherwise you knew that there was a chance they could play at 10 o'clock on a Pac-12 network if they weren't very good. (laughs) The one place they wouldn't be popping up. That's not true. They got two more Pac-12 games to go. You got Washington State a week from Saturday. Yeah, so ha ha ha. And that one does screen like eight o'clock on the Pac-12. <laughs> hold off on the Cougars, the other Cougars, because I said Delora getting the quarterback back, right? Much better quarterback than the other guys have shown. Sure enough, they get a win. They put Oregon State in their place. So, and I've said this many times over. It's not. A, sometimes it's a question of when you play teams. Be Utah got a break. Because he didn't play. So there you go. Uh, BYU, yeah, it's a case of what could have been. But at the same time, you know, they're 5-1 and one to halfway point. I'm writing about this this week, literally as we speak, that, you know, they're 5-1, and one, which is pretty good. Got it obviously on pace to win, a 10 game, win 10 games this season. But right now, it doesn't sit so well. I think if you take a step back, the chances of any team, the caliber of BYU, and I don't mean that in a mocking way. It's just that uh, you look at Alabama. They're not even going to go undefeated this season, obviously. I think it's very difficult to go undefeated. So as far as what they have to play for, I think it's still a lot. Yeah, I get it. The Independence Bowl is there, blah, blah, blah. It's not glamour. Uh, that was the downside of going independent. But they still have an opportunity to put together two consecutive double-digit win seasons. And uh, to me, that means something, particularly since you no longer have to worry in an over a 
less than two years about some who gives a crap bowl. The truth is most of the teams in every conference are going to go to who gives a crap bowl the way they're set up because there's only a few, a handful of bowls that really matter now anyway. So if you can get past that, there's still a lot for them to accomplish. Baylor's had a pretty good season going into a Big 12 Opponent stadium, it's just like winning on the road in the Pac-12. Whoever you get it against, it means something. So I think they have a lot still to play for. They are halfway to 10-2. and two. There's no denying the math, but watching the games this past weekend, it looks tougher. Now BYU has the loss. Washington State has their starting quarterback back, and they look night and day different with him throwing for 399 yards. And Baylor gets another nice win, so they are 5-1 and one themselves. So this, you know, you, you always know it's tough to go on the road in college football, and going back-to-back was always going to be difficult, but obviously the most important thing is how healthy are those teams and how well are they playing, and right now it looks like Baylor and Wazoo are playing yeah. really well. Which is why I don't think it's any tougher than I already thought. I already thought it was going to be difficult. I already thought they weren't going to go undefeated. So really nothing has changed for me. The only surprise, and maybe it's just the football gods catching up to them, was all the turnovers because I was so excited last week that they hadn't had any fumbles. They had only had two picks. And, you know, they were sixth in the country in turnover. We went through that extensively. And sure enough, it's like we jinxed them practically because they had all sorts of turnovers that I just didn't see coming, particularly the fumbles. You know, maybe an interception or two. A kid makes a great play. You try to squeeze a ball in there, and a DB makes just a linebacker, whomever it might be, or a ball gets tipped, and you got the tip drill. We see that. I mean, that happened a pick six last night against Mahomes, right? The ball goes through uh, Hill's hands. The defender standing about three, four yards back, catches the ball, boom, it's a touchdown. Those are things that happen from time to time, and there's really not a whole lot you can do. The fumbling, the repeated fumbling, was just really out of left field, and I didn't see it. Plus, it's not like they were fumbles after you had had long drives. One of them was Lopini uh, after they went for it on the fourth down was uh, pretty much deep in Boise territory. But the others, you're giving Boise short fields. And it was just too much to overcome. There's no question about it, especially because they must have told Hall or he decided, hey, I'm not going to run with the ball very much to try to keep myself as healthy as possible because that's a critical aspect of his game. And he didn't utilize it very well or very much on Saturday. And I think it was at least from the coaching standpoint or the individual kid's standpoint, a conscious decision not to do that, I'm not sure that they could afford to do that and still be as effective considering the turnovers. You could say they would have won, but I hate playing those games like that because you never know. You can't just assume that things would happen this way or that way without them. But obviously they were a significant contributor to the loss, and it was a bummer from their perspective. You don't know how it would have gone because obviously confidence changes, momentum changes, play calling changes. There's a long list. But Boise State scored two touchdowns, and they scored them off back-to-back fumbles, and they started both drives deep in BYU territory. And they didn't get any other TDs. They've had problems in the third quarter all year. They've had problems in the second half scoring all year. The Oklahoma State game where neither team scored is probably the – you know, the most obvious example, but they haven't, they did three, in their three losses, they scored three points in the third quarter. They got three points in this. Now, they had the lead, so you can say they were, you know, playing a little different, but 
they got two touchdowns in the game, and they went 23 and 24 yards for those two scores. It just feels like even if BYU had gone three and out and punted the ball away, it would have been a really different game. And maybe not. Maybe the Broncos would have found a fourth-quarter touchdown or third-quarter TD, but it's not the way they played, and it's not the way this game has gone. Those turnovers were huge. I do think the third fumble was a big deal because BYU was in the red zone. They were driving. It felt like they were going to get in. Maybe they wouldn't have, but it sure looked like it was trending right. I mean, they were moving. They were moving well coming out of the locker room. You thought, okay, they've turned this around at halftime. You get it to 23-17, middle of the third quarter, you're, you know, you're in good shape. Yeah, I think all, every single one of the turnovers was uh, crucial in deciding the game. At the same time, one of those dot-comers for uh, covers ASU put out that uh, basically, ha-ha, because all Sun Devil fans, or not all of them, but a lot of them were running around saying, well, yeah, our turnovers, our mistakes, we beat ourselves. You didn't beat us, we beat ourselves. And he said some, I don't get caught up on what's going on on the Internet and that stuff, so I don't know that. But he, he tweeted out, ha-ha, this is what we said and you had a fit. Now you're saying the same thing. So things happen. I think the course of the season, those things even out. But you can make a case the Devils beat themselves. And then clearly the BYU Cougars beat themselves in uh, that game against Boise, which much like all the mistakes that the Sun Devils made. So it happened. You're 5-1. and one. you got to correct it. I don't think you're going to go undefeated either way. So in a sense, I'm past it. It's just like, it's like my golf game. I know at some point a triple bogey is coming, but at least not until the back nine so I can keep the dream alive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get it in hole one or two. Oops, it's going to be nothing special. It's going to be another average round for me. And so here you want it to keep the dream alive maybe another week or two or three to see how far it could go. I don't know what was going to happen uh, if they would have won, nor do I know what's going to happen now that they don't, in the sec- now that they didn't in the, the second half of the season. I believe there was going to be tough games. I believe they have three or four real tough games. And that, 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 nothing has changed there, absolutely nothing. And injuries are a part of it, and so you don't know who's going to be available when you get there, all that stuff. Everybody's got them, man. You're not the only one who has them, for sure. That's just the way it is there in college football and pro football and little league football and high school football. And, you know, what are you going to do there? you got to play through them, though. So got an opportunity this week to get back on the right track. And I, I would find this week's loss, if it should occur, more devastating than last week's. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because now you now you're five and two, and now you're on a two game losing. Oh, streak. from that, I get from that standpoint. Yeah, I'm just thinking more of the quality of the opponent. Boise comes in two and three, whereas you're going to a five and one Baylor team. Okay. Well, so, do. so all you did was beat a bunch of average Pac-12 South teams. Uh, so you can hear the mantra: BYU is one of these programs that has to prove it every week and then prove it three times during the week because they don't seem to get any benefit of the doubt. So you can, you can see, well, yeah, well, sure, yeah, the competition got a little tough and they folded, big deal. They beat some teams from the Pac-12 South. That, com- that division, that conference is weak. The division is even weaker than the conference. So you know what's going to be said. They're BYU. They don't ever seem to get the benefit of the doubt here. So, yeah, and then they're going to drop, obviously, from the top – 25 if they should lose and all that stuff so yeah i view this game now even with with or without the loss 
I view this game as really, really a big deal. Because then you can't keep saying, oh, well, the Pac-12 South is weak, the Big 12 is weak. I mean, what the crap? You're supposed to play the uh, whomever, the Green Bay Packers, before you get any credit? You know, where do you go with this? So, well, number one, I would give them credit for the Packers. And number two, <laughs> I get the whole deal with Arizona. Arizona's 0-5. they got a win streak that stretches, you know, <laughs> across streak. season. Yes, yeah, so, excuse me, losing streak that stretches back forever. But ASU and Utah are a combined 8-3, and three, and BYU's given them two of the losses. Oh, yeah, well, they're not going to get the, any credit for Utah nationally because, well, they changed quarterbacks. You know, I know he had that, that spring game. That other kid was awesome, but he sucked otherwise. And so they should have gone with Rising. I said it all along, and clearly he's got it. I said he's got swag. He's got uh, he allows players to play harder because they want to rally around him. I said I called it way before he got in the game, so they're not going to get credit for that. Particularly if Utah goes on either way. If Utah goes on a big winning streak, well, it's because the quarterback. They. But no, no one's going to say for Utah, well, they beat Washington State because Washington State didn't have their quarterback. It's going to be slanted toward the Cougars. Yeah, but that's the reality. Until they get in the Big 12 and win big consistently, there's always a yeah, but for the Cougars. And for the Utes, oh, yeah, man, they're flying high. Nobody's going to say, yeah, but they didn't play Washington State without their quarterback. It's not the way it works when you're in a Power 5 and you had some success. And BYU hasn't been in that situation. DJ PK, when we come back, Nick Ford after the big win at USC. We will talk with him. And got a penalty in the middle of that game. That game was a little chippy. And he kind of lifted the curtain back on social uh, media. Not all the way. We'll see if we'll get him to talk about it all the way. We'll do that next. Stay with us. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Utes return to Rice-Eccles Stadium for a big Pac-12 showdown against Arizona State as the Utes hope to keep their dreams of a Pac-12 title alive. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 7 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.